I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, understand. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an illegal no. thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. The internet, social media, dating and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner, and we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer Online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection, and hopefully, how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victim's family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide Okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As you may have noticed over the years, sometimes the predators I've caught have been given nicknames. And sometimes this is a working title that we use editorially, internally, while we research and put the final story together on each individual. For instance, in one of our recent stings in Ohio, we called Donnie, Donnie the daddy predator, because he had this fantasy about meeting a girl and her father and having sex with the girl in front of the father and then watching the father have sex with the girl. It was a whole sorted thing. And you've probably seen that on True Blue, my streaming crime network for the takedown series. And we had Dr. Daddy, who is a 61-year-old physician who showed up in Michigan. During the course of seeing 18 patients, he also texted a 15-year-old girl or someone he thought was a 15-year-old girl. It was a decoy with the ghost operation in Genesee County. 
even sent her a picture of his penis. All of this while he's treating 18 patients. Now, we called him Dr. Daddy because he wanted to be the daddy in the sexual encounter. But perhaps one of the most memorable predator nicknames goes back a few years to our investigation in Petaluma, California, the Bay Area, where we came across a 36-year-old man named Shaka Khan. Not the musical performer, but a Shaka Khan, a male Shaka Khan. And his story is quite interesting, but perhaps most notable is his nickname. You may have heard this. It's memorable. Shaka Khan is known as the penis pump predator. That's right, triple alliteration on that one. Penis pump predator. I'll explain why in just a moment here. But Shaka Khan was one of those predators I've caught who never made it into the sting house. But he got caught. And we have video and audio of his interview with the detectives there in Petaluma, Sonoma County, California. And the reason why he never made it into the Sting House was that the Petaluma Sting was pretty busy. You may recall we were set up in the backyard on the patio of a beautiful upper middle class home in a neighborhood. Petaluma was notable many years earlier because it was the site where young Polly Class was kidnapped from her own home during a sleepover party and murdered. It was one of the first stories I covered for NBC back in about 1993. And it had a great impact on me. And so I thought it was appropriate that we would circle around years later, some 13 years later, and work with law enforcement in Petaluma to send a message to the community that law enforcement was going to do as much as possible to keep its children safe, and we were going to be an active part of that. And we were. So Shaka Khan has a fairly brief conversation, compared with many of the others, with a decoy posing as a 13-year-old girl. Samantha Girl 01. Sam, she says her name is, in the chats. Hey, Sam, says Shaka K2000. Hey, how's your weekend? Eh, okay, I guess. Nothing exciting going on. Nothing exciting going on, he asks. I'm bored bad, lol. Aw, that sucks. Are you from Cali? Yeah, are you? Yeah, the Bay Area. You from the Bay, he asks. Close. How close? Near Santa Rosa. Ah, okay. How old are you? 13? Okay, this is just three minutes into the conversation. 13, she says. He says he's 25, which is a big fat lie. He's actually 36. But he says, even at that reduced age, oh, you're almost half my age. She says, LOL. What do you look like? She asks. 5'11", tall, workout, so kind of muscular. Cool. I totally dig sports, LOL, says Samantha Girl 01. Cool.
cool, I played football. That is hot, she says. Yeah, LOL. So what NFL team do you like, he wants to know. I like basketball and baseball, LOL. Uh, okay, which teams? She has to leave the conversation because the timer is beeping on her dinner. She's going to tell a story then about how she's often left alone by her mom at the age of 13, and when she is left alone, she likes to feast on TV dinners. And that's what she was running off to get. She comes back. Oh, I have a pick on my pro in case you want to see me. Pro being profile, as you probably know. Okay, I'll go check it out, says Shaka K2000. BRB. Or you can send it to me, he says. Okay. Now I'm going to eat, she says. Okay, bye. But he doesn't stay away for long. OMG, you are cute or hot. Three T's. Back, she says. Wow, thanks. Hey, nice to have you back. Now he's getting interested. He's seen this picture provided by a perverted justice decoy of a girl who's obviously underage and, you know, least attractive to Chaka K2000. How is the food? Sucked, she says. Aww. My mom is gone, so when she isn't here, I live on them, meaning the TV dinners. Some more back and forth. She reaffirms her age, 13, and it appears that maybe he's talking to multiple people. He's distracted. Quickly, he says, no, I was on the phone talking to a friend about a barbecue and I forgot. Sorry. It's cool. What he forgot was her age, but she reminded him. So now he's been told twice that the girl is 13 and he's acknowledged that he is in fact at least twice her age. I'm from the middle of the Bay Hayward, he says. Is that far from me? No. Cool. Yeah. You have a girlfriend, she asks. Nope, you have a boyfriend? No, LOL. She's 13, Shaka Khan. LOL. I did. What happened? He broke up with me, LOL. Ah, uh, big dummy. Well, maybe not, because now you're free. LOL. Or single. How old was he? Now, this is the part where the predator probes to see if she's had some sexual experience with an older guy. 17, she says. So you don't mind dating older guys? I dig it, she says. Sweet, because you're damn cute. You mean it? Yes, I do. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetie. So you live with your mom? Yeah, cool, I guess. She is always busy with her boyfriend. Oh, well, that kind of sucks. How old is your mom? 42. Well, your name? She asks. Shaka. It's a Hawaiian name or an island name. That is cool, she says. You can call me Sam, Sammy, or Samantha. Don't care. Hey, Sam. Some more chit-chat. Sam lets on that she wants to party till her mom gets back. Chaka K2000's not going to let that slide. When is she coming back? Tomorrow. Oh, do you drink? She's 13, Chaka Khan. Or how do you like to party? When I can, I do, says the decoy posing as a 13-year-old. Beer, LOL. Cool. What, Corona? I'm not picky because I have to sneak it, LOL. True. You like to party, she asks. Yeah. How? Drink, dance. Cool. 
How else do you party? I like to have fun, she says. Yeah, me too. Some more talk about him leaving for this barbecue. She says she wishes he didn't have to go. I don't. So much for the barbecue with his buddy. You want to do something? He asks. Really? Yeah. What you want to do? She asks. Ladies' choice. This is where the potential predator starts to lay blame on the victim. Well, I don't care, LOL. We can hang here. I have a hot tub. You have a hot tub at your house? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Get some beer? Yeah, no problem. What kind? I don't care. So now he's going to go visit a 13-year-old girl at a home where she's alone, where there's a hot tub, and he's going to bring beer. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. So what do you wear as you sit in the hot tub, he wants to know. Bikini, she says. Cute. What you wear, she asks. Um, I get shorts or as you please. As I please, LOL. Yep. As you please. Hmm. LOL. Your wishes are my commands, he says. What if I say that too? What would your wishes be? Um, how about no strings attached to you? My suit would fall off, LOL. Oh, yeah, he says. What's your next wish? She asks. Well, um, to kiss, yeah, then lick your breasts, lick between your thighs. I like that, she says. You asked. You want to? Yeah, me too. Well, what if my wish was to have you go down on your knees after I'm done? Hmm. And do what? And lick and suck. Here we go. Please don't laugh, but I never did that before, she says. I mean, like, I will do it if you show me. Okay, no problem. What a sport. You like that, she asks. Yeah, I do. Have you had sex? Two times, she says. Cool. Um, what's your address? Hang on one second. My mom is on the phone checking in on me, LOL. Just to drive the point home that she's underage by a lot. She's home alone and that he's going to take advantage of that. You want to come over then, she asks. Yeah. You'd like me to? Totally, she says. Okay. Will you bring condoms so I don't get in trouble, LOL? Yes, of course. Okay, cool. How long will it take you? I will take a fast shower, she says. Oh, maybe an hour. Okay, cool. 5.30-ish. He explains that he drives a Chevy S10 pickup. White, he says. Then he remembers he hasn't even sent another pick to her, which he does. OMG, you are hot, she says. I'm going to get in the shower, LOL, and get pretty, she says. I like your muscles. Thank you. When you leave it, soon as I get off here, get off, LOL, and get a map. So he's on his way. And this is one of those very rare predator investigation moments where a lot of unexpected things happen. Shaka Khan pulls up in his pickup truck. And just as he's doing that, another predator arrives at the Stinghouse in Petaluma. A fellow named Henry Guzman, who's 20. 
So Henry comes in to meet a 13-year-old girl after an explicit chat, and we should do an episode on him. We will in the near future, maybe next week. So Henry walks in and has an initial chat with the onside decoy, and then I walk out to confront him. The problem with this particular confrontation is that I have the wrong transcripts. This has happened a handful of times in the course of the investigation. I've got the transcripts of a chat with another potential predator. We got out of sync. Now, you know, in an investigation like this, it happens. It's very busy. The chatters are working, doing the best they can. We try to keep it all on schedule, but they're not sometimes very reliable. They'll come by early to do surveillance, counter surveillance, I guess, really. See what's going on, see if there's anything suspicious. Watch the house. Sometimes they're late because who knows, there's a long line at the convenience store for condoms and beer. Anyway, Shaka Khan was right on time. Guzman was in the house and I'm trying to figure out the right transcripts. So I do finally, and then the police come and they get Guzman. Now, some of this was obviously witnessed by Shaka Khan and he freaks out. So as we're trying to resolve the Henry Guzman situation, Shaka Khan takes off in his truck. He doesn't get far, he's pulled over and pretty quickly he's taken to the area set up a mobile trailer for the initial interrogation. He's coming up right now, slow. While I'm confronting a Hennessy 1436 in the backyard, that other suspect is still out front sitting in his truck. The man in the truck drives away and is arrested down the street. Now it's his turn to be questioned. So Shaka Khan, who's uh, about 5'11", muscular, he's wearing a black tank top, shaved head, gets brought in to be interviewed by the detectives. He did, in fact, bring beer and condoms as advertised. Um, she goes that um, my mom is gone and I'm 13 and we can get naked and we can do this. You know, she made it sound like, wow, this would be the greatest thing, you know? And right away, he starts to blame it on the 13-year-old girl. She made it sound like we could get naked, do this, do that. At first, I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool, this is cool. And at first, he says he was all in. What, what else were you, did you two talk about doing when you came home? She said me to bring beer. What else? I said the hot tub. Okay. And he says she wanted me to bring beer, get in the hot tub, and have sex. Shaka tells everything, it seems, to the detective. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. And she wanted to have sex. But when I got there, I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll kick your ass myself if you do this. And then here's the part that I don't believe. I don't think the detectives believed it either. He says that instead of seeing the previous predator walk in and get taken away by police, 
or maybe he just got suspicious that another fellow was walking in the house. He says that he had a change of heart. At first, he thought it was a great idea to come over and get a 13-year-old drunk get in the hot tub and have sex with her because the mom was gone and she wanted to, so that's cool. And he's trying to spin this with the detective that he had a moral awakening. Says he'd kick his own ass. And off he went. No harm, no foul. We're all cool, dude. Not so. I, mean, I, I couldn't do it. Just, I couldn't even get out of that truck. You know? I, mean, I was like, just go home now. He claims he sat in his truck debating whether to go inside, but decided to leave. And that's when he was pulled over. Reality check, what are you doing? You're bringing alcohol to a minor, first of all. He said it was all part of his reality check. And this is a, a little kid. Come on, dude. What is wrong with you? That's not the reason why. Now, what he's saying should have been how he was thinking. What he's saying should have been what prevented him from talking to someone who said they were 13 in the first place. What he is saying is something that should have prevented him from stopping for beer and condoms and driving his white pickup truck like an hour to get to the home of a 13-year-old girl who was alone. What he's saying is right, but it's a big fat lie. You didn't go in the house. That is the reason why I swear to you, God's my witness. You saw somebody going in the house. So what the heck is going on? Oh, the guy from the Mustang. Oh, yeah. And the detective is not going to let him get away with this. He calls him out and says to Shaka Khan, you weren't going to go in there because you saw another guy and got suspicious. And Shaka Khan says, oh, yeah, the guy with the Mustang. He came in way after I parked my truck and sat there. And I saw him go inside, but I didn't think much of it. I didn't think much of it. So, as I mentioned... Shaka Khan did bring beer, and he did bring condoms, but he brought something else. And this is how Shaka Khan got that nickname I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. When police search his truck, they find the beer and something else. We just searched your truck. Yeah. And we found something in the cabin. Yeah. We just searched your truck, says the detective, and we found something in the cab. A device I'm not familiar with. A device the detective is not familiar with. Here comes the nervous laughter from Shaka Khan. <laughs> well, it's a pump for a thing, penis, right? Say it again. It's a penis pump. That's right. It's a penis pump. It's a thing for a penis, he says. Thanks for the clarification, Shaka. The detective wants to know more. Okay, tell me more about that. I guess it makes you feel good. I guess it makes you feel good. Penis pump. Now, was he going to bring this in with him? With the beer and the condoms? To sexually assault a 13-year-old girl? Or was this something he just drove around with in case of emergency. In case of emergency, break glass and get out the penis pump. <laughs> he explains that he got it as a gag gift at a bachelor party and had no intention of using it with the 13-year-old girl. So you just drive around with this thing in your car, in your pickup truck? 
excuse me, officer, I'll get my license and registration and my insurance, my proof of insurance. Let me just move this penis pump out of the way. Come on, Shaka. That pretty much wrapped up Shaka Khan's interview with the detective. He was taken away and he was charged with attempted lewd and lascivious behavior with a minor and attempted child endangerment. Now, Shaka Khan and his lawyer fought these charges pretty aggressively for three and a half years. So he was arrested in the fall, late summer, early fall of 2006. And the case wasn't adjudicated until 2010. On the eve of the trial, and I've got to give great credit to the Sonoma County prosecutors in these cases, because they really aggressively pursued them in in a great way. So they're ready to go to trial on all this. And they reached a plea bargain agreement at the 11th hour, in which the attempted lewd and lascivious behavior with a child charges were dropped. And then Shaka Khan pleaded no contest to attempted child endangerment. He got 30 months probation that was ultimately reduced to 18 months probation and he had to put his DNA into the state system of California. He did not have to register as a sex offender. And that's kind of a big deal. Not sure how I feel about that. At any rate, Shaka Khan never had the experience of being interviewed by me. I wish I had interviewed Shaka Khan for all the obvious reasons. I think it would have been illuminating. And and look, the detective did a great job. There's no question. And he got everything he needed to file charges against Shaka Khan. And justice was served. But I would have liked to have had a go at him and talk about the chat and that infamous penis pump that made him the penis pump predator. So that's one thing that will never change. Apparently, Shaka Khan is still living in the Bay Area. We found out that he worked at a Sephora store in the Bay Area, located in a department store. That's closed down. I do have a number for Shaka Khan. And I called it and I got a voicemail that sounds like his voice in which he says, say some words. And so I did say some words. I said, Shaka, it's Chris Hansen. Call me back and I gave him my number. Now, if he gets back to me, I'm going to try to interview him and I will let you know how that goes. More of our story in a moment. As you know, I like to hear from you. And ironically, this week's question comes from a listener in the Bay Area, right where the sting took place. You sent her. Hey, Chris, it's Vicente from the Bay Area. And my question is, were you ever face to face with a predator where you felt like you were in any sort of imminent danger, whether he were to have a gun on him or a knife on him? And if he were to pull it on you, 
what would the protocol be with the officers? Like, what's the game plan if something were to happen like that? Once again, big fan of the show and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Excellent question, you center. Ironically, in that very investigation in the Bay Area, in Petaluma, I came face to face with a Navy seaman who I confronted, very muscular guy. And I forget exactly what happened, but I was a little bit out of position. I remember now, he was coming past the bar set up, past the hot tub, because he had heard something around the corner where I was hiding. And there was a crew with me, obviously. And the sound man had the big boom mic. And he was headed that way, and I think he heard something or maybe he saw something, and so I decided to go out and confront him. Now, I didn't have anything between the two of us. And you talk about protocol, we always try to have some sort of safety between us. Either we're both seated or there's a kitchen counter or a bar or something. Doesn't always work out, but we try to have something there. And we were within a foot of each other, the way it went down. And I saw him tense up and move one arm back like he was ready to tussle, fight his way out of there. And I told him that I needed him to have a seat. I needed to talk to him. And he looked at me, he thought for a second, and suddenly he relaxed his whole body. And he went around the corner and he had a seat when we conducted the interview. I thought for a split second I was going to get popped in the face, to be honest with you. But thankfully, that didn't happen. Now, in terms of somebody bringing a weapon into the stinghouse, we try to prevent that from even happening. If we get wind that the guy carries a weapon with him or that he's licensed to do so or that he's in law enforcement, we have a different protocol. If we truly think he's carrying a weapon, law enforcement will arrest him outside the house and I'll try to have a word with him afterwards. Safety first. Now, obviously, doing this kind of work has an inherent level of danger. And that's part of the reason why it's so fascinating to everyone. But I think, and I know, and we review these safety protocols all the time, that we make something like this absolutely as safe as it can be for me, for my entire team, and for law enforcement. And we continue to work on that as we do more investigations. I just got back from one. In fact, we were in Polk County, Florida again. Sheriff Grady Judd and his team, along with me and my team, did a seven-day sting. Six men were arrested trying to have sex with an underage boy or girl, including some men who negotiated with someone they thought was a foster mom selling her daughter. You'll see those episodes soon on my streaming crime network, True Blue. T-R-U-B-L-U. Watch TrueBlue.com for details. We have other predator investigations. We call them Takedown Out Now. A new one comes out virtually every week, along with uh, a lot of other crime-related documentaries. 
in content. I have multiple documentaries working right now. Some are very close to being done and you'll hear about those in the very near future. We also have an exclusive interview coming up on True Blue with a predator I've caught and I'll have details on that in the next few weeks. As always, you can reach me on social media at Chris Hansen on Twitter, official Chris Hansen on Instagram, have a seat with Chris Hansen on TikTok, which still will not verify me. I sent an email to them. Maybe it'll get their attention. And right here at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com, I'll be watching and listening. A Huda Media Production.